Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design and analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. Hello. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. Hooray. And this is this is a podcast that we do. You know, you know about the podcast. And hopefully the End Defender community will actually be a more active thing again in the near future because it sounds like Seanbo might be getting ready to stream again. Yeah. I know he streamed on Thursday, which um, I was I was in the middle of watching a movie, so I didn't go watch it. But you know, was he actually like? Was he actually streaming? Because I know I, I know there was an evening where he spent like a couple hours live just working out technical details. Oh, like, maybe that was it. Streaming a game. Maybe maybe um, that was it. I don't know. I got, I know I got an email about it, and oh, there was then, yeah, that was probably his tech check thing. Uh, he tweeted like. There is no play-by-play tonight, and everyone was like, "Uh, there's never like play-by-play." What is yeah. that? He's like, "No, but there's specifically tonight no play-by-play." And okay. So I went, I went, and I was like, "That sounds suspicious." So I went to check out his channel, and he's like, "All right, so somebody tell me like if you can hear this." And okay, he's like trying to get the script working that like puts the name of the music that's playing on the screen, and uh, things like that. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's if he's if he's gonna maybe possibly start streaming on Thursdays, then like, that's good because I do have a night class this quarter, next quarter, but it is not on Thursdays. So, because that, that was like two quarters in a row, that uh, and then this yeah, so that that would be that would be nice if I could actually like be there. But yeah, you know, cool see more stuff. I was recently rewatched his um, antechamber playthrough and I was mm-hmm. like oh yeah I remember like this was actually a really interesting commentary and like it's such a cool game and... yeah yeah I, I miss that like I I don't know I don't really watch streams anymore to be honest um <laughs> which is you fine you watch one of us that's true I do because <laughs> I host it yeah but like other than that it's not like I don't like seek out a lot of streams and I mean most people aren't really streaming anymore so Except for you. I am. And, well, if, and there's a couple I'm, other people. When I'm not puppy sitting. Yeah. Which is what I was doing this weekend to segue into how we've been doing lately. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. I spent I spent the uh, spent the past weekend taking care of a corgi puppy for some friends. Oh, man. So I had to like go go over and walk him this morning. So that is why I did not have my usual stream. Gosh, he is adorable. <laughs> His name is Hob, like Calvin and Hobbs. Oh. And he is a little he is a little orange missile. He's I think he's probably only like a year old or so. He's still pretty young. Um but he is strong and he really does not want to be on a leash. He wants to be like running off like a shot. So. <laughs> nice. Well that's fun. How how long are you uh puppy sitting for? Uh just the weekend. They're coming back this afternoon, uh. so uh <clears throat> we are done with that but uh it was fun i i think it was a fun thing to do for a weekend i'm not sure i would want to actually own a puppy because he is a lot of energy and it's a lot of work yeah puppies are uh, puppies are no joke yeah you gotta you have to like take them out for exercise and clean up after them and like housebreak them and train them and yeah socialize them with other animals and i can barely keep my plants alive (laughs) yeah like if I was gonna get a pet, I'd probably get a cat because they're just a little bit more self-sufficient. Yeah, 
Yep, the cat is here. He's being quiet. For what? What are you doing, kitty? I don't know. He's like he's smelling my cough drops. Can't have those either. He's excited about them. I'm sure they smell like strong and interesting. Yeah, probably. They're they probably a pretty intense scent. I mean, you sound, you sound. But I have a Like you could use a cough drop, just in general. Isn't that right? Maybe that's yes. what Slater needs. <laughs> maybe, maybe you need. You just always needed a cough drop, and you only realized <laughs> just now when you brought cough drops into the house. <laughs> maybe you need cough drops and some tea. Yeah, I mean that's what I have been doing lately is uh being sick and being in the middle of finals. <laughs> so, oh, no. uh, it's I mean it's a terrible combination. I'm not that sick. It's just like I think I don't know. Like I had friends who went to PAX. I didn't go to PAX, but I had friends who went to PAX. And then they came back and they were extremely sick. And I think I got it from one of them. Possibly. Uh, I know. Which, like, what a ripoff. I didn't even go. I know. Like, you only got the worst part of PAX. Yep. Oh, well. Oh, well. That's that's really just how my luck shakes out. So, what are you doing, kitty? (sighs) Okay. also did not get to go to PAX, although I had a friend who, uh, who showed a game there. Oh, nice. One of the TV booths, so that apparently went well. So I'm excited for him. Yeah, I know, like, a bunch of people went, like, with my school. One of my friends did, like, a ZBrush demo on Monday, and he was, like, in the middle of being extremely sick. I think that my one of my friends that I think I got my cold from, uh, like, had to do a demo while he was very sick. I'm like, that's... That sucks. Um, you know. Well, once you've committed to that, you gotta stick to it. Yeah. High water. Exactly. You're kind of. You're kind of. Uh, definitely stuck to it. But yeah. I'm just. And hopefully, the audience understands. Yeah. <laughs> like sneezing and coughing <laughs> the entire presentation. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was, like, a huge demo. I think he was just, like, at the booth doing it, like, not projected oh, or anything. Ugh. Well, that's probably yeah. much lower key, then. That's okay. Yep. And I... <clears throat> I've submitted, like, my biggest, most stressful final, which is my portfolio final. So, I submitted that last week, and then it gets, like, passed around to a panel, and they decide my final grade, (laughs) and I don't, like, I don't have any say in it. I just have to wait until next week until I find out, like, whether or not I basically fail the class or not. So, I'm just trying really... Those are really high stress. Yeah, I'm trying really hard not to think about that. Uh, Well, it's out of your hands, so there's no use worrying, right? Exactly, and it's it's one of those things that's like, I had a B-plus in that class, like, before I submitted my thing, and even though it's like 40% of my grade, I think, is like my portfolio website, uh, I, I feel like, I feel like someone would have said something if I, like, wasn't gonna pass with what I submitted, you know? Yeah. There were, there were eyes on it, you? you know, so... Just uh, people that were was worried doing worse than you did. Yeah, probably. I don't. That's I think so. At least. Yeah, they're they're that's they're. How I look at it. <laughs> yeah, you know that's I do I do as well. Just, just like, compare yourself to others. 
Like that's that's always a healthy and reasonable <laughs> way of of uh, defining your. As long as, as long as I'm not at the back of the pack, uh, I'll take it, I guess. Uh, Carl, yeah. how, how are you doing? I'm doing, uh, I'm kind of stressful, lots of school. Yeah. But I also had, like, an inner revolution today. Ooh. Where I managed to buy beer without getting asked for ID. Oh, wow. Nice. Congratulations. Congratulations. First time ever. <laughs> Like you look like an old man. Yeah. That happens. I mean, I, I am almost twenty-seven, and I I sound like this, and I still get carded sometimes. So it's like, eh, you know, uh, it's about a fifty-fifty. I'm probably gonna get carded until I'm like seventy because I just look like a twelve-year-old. <laughs> kind of upsetting. Yeah, I um. I feel you. I, I had a friend who, like, he's, I don't know, he's like five five years older than me or something, and he had just, he had just bought a house. He was going and buying wine for, like, his housewarming party, um, and I, I was hanging out with his then-girlfriend, now-wife, like, back at the house while he went to go do that. And he gets back, and he told us about how he put the wine up on, like, the conveyor thing at the store, and the cashier just like looks at him and then looks at the wine and then looks back at him and says, Where where are your parents? Like, this guy who was like a- at the time probably in his mid twenties. This was like back when I was not long out of high school. Like, uh, that's that's unfortunate. He that's does probably look very when it's young. like the most galling is like mid twenties. Yeah. I, my my assumption is that like as you get older it becomes more and more flattering to be like <laughs> carded. Um but like at a certain age like in, in about mid 20s it's a little bit awkward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I I don't really think about it too much. But that's <laughs> that story always makes me chuckle when I think about it. Some people just look really young. Yeah. You should uh you he know? should become an actor so he can play teenagers on TV. Yeah. And he's and he like is from Russia so he has an accent. So he <laughs> could play teenagers. Russian teens on on whatever TV shows have Russian teens. I don't know. The Americans? I yeah. guess they don't have an accent though. Um, cuz they're the whole point is they're blending in. True. Um I, also, the kids grew up in America, so they wouldn't have Russian accents either. But yeah. that's not the point. Hmm. The point is, they're always making like way older people play teenagers on TV, and I'm sure it must be hard to find that many actors who like look young enough. It's like everyone on Glee or whatever. Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's always really weird when you learn their actual ages, where like... Turns out, like some of the some of the people playing teenagers are like almost as old as the people playing their parents. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, whoops. Or it's like. That was a big one on Teen Wolf. Yeah, or like, in um, oh gosh, like Superstar, the SNL one, um, with Molly Shannon and Will Ferrell as cheerleaders or whatever. Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think they even tried to like pass them off as as teenagers. They're just like, yep, that's what you're playing. Do it. <laughs> they, yep. mm, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. 
I'm, I'm reminded of that that Steve Buscemi meme that I've seen on Tumblr. Oh. <laughs> How do you do, fellow teens? Yeah. <laughs> I almost said Christopher Walken, but no. Christopher Walken and Steve Buscemi are two different people with weird faces. They are. I want to see, see Christopher Walken as a teen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, someone, oh, someone needs to make that like just Christopher Walken playing a teenager, and nobody, nobody addresses it. It's just accepted. It's canon. <laughs> Teen Christopher Walken. <laughs> it's almost a frightening, frightening image. A little bit. Anywho. Oh. I can't. I segue from frightening to the game that's it's, just not allowed i mean there's there's some thunderstorms in the game which are pretty there's scary there's some frightening parts but like that's not what this game is about yeah not even you a mean. little bit <laughs> all right well so it's segue <laughs> you feel you feel it is a scary game carl well you're introing the game so so describe to us what the game is and why you My think it's scary. My game, okay. Well, it was your pick, so I assume yeah. you were introing the game. Yeah, you play as uh, Jarny. He's a yarn boy that leads a trail of yarn. It's a lot about yarn, isn't it? Yep. Unravel is the name of the game. Mm -hmm. Unravel, yeah. I keep calling it Jarny. Like the game. Uh, and the character. That's fair. I could, I could, I could see that. And it's... Yeah, it, it probably was like they, they thought people would think it's too cutesy and like no one would buy it if they called it Yarny. Unravel is like a, it sounds like it could be a cool, mysterious adventure game, but it's not really. I mean, you spend all your time unraveling yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. You are literally constantly unraveling. Oh, anyway, it's sort of a... I would call it like a standard-ish platform puzzler. Yeah. It uses like your three main mechanics, like make a lasso and throw it on things. You can like pull, pull yourself up yarn and pull yarn behind you tighter. And you can attach yarn to certain spots to form like bridges. And mm -hmm. that's pretty much all. <laughs> All mechanics in the game. And lots of like yeah, swinging. It's, it's I love really swinging. simple mechanics. Yeah. Kitty. Yeah, they do a lot they do a lot with basically like you learn what you can do pretty much immediately and then they just don't ever add to that. Mm-hmm. Which to be fair is exactly what we had wished the last game did. So Yeah. So it's totally different from this will indicate that Mm -hmm. Vessel added like a lot of stuff. Vessel was just constantly adding things, but I mean that was sort of the shtick, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and Vessel also had like, um, in addition to like the normal story editions, it had like those upgrade editions where it's like mm -hmm. find hidden things and get new nozzles and things like this. And this is like, nope, you have like three things you can do. Just do those things in a bunch of different ways. You have you have yarn. You can also run out of yarn. Yeah, if you... You kind of have to plan your route. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah you're, you're going through all these, like, 
forests and things, and like you don't have enough yarn to unravel yourself all the way to the end, so you have to find little caches of yarn and spool yourself back up, which is sort of adorable. And also sort of frustrating when you when you like are stuck on a puzzle, and then you complete the puzzle, and the next cache of yarn is right there, but you did the puzzle wrong, so you can't reach it, so you have to go back and redo the puzzle in a more efficient way. <laughs> that happened to me. I mean, that didn't happen super often. They were pretty... Um, pretty... I kind of like that, though. Yeah, no, it's 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 frustrating, but in a way that like makes you feel like you're getting better at the game. So it's not like oh, I hate this, but it's like oh man, I got to go be better. Um, mm-hmm. that, that didn't happen that often though. They were they're pretty like liberal about how much yarn they give you as long as you're not like tying yourself to every single interactable. You're, <laughs> you're probably gonna be okay. Yeah, and it's the actually puzzles... it's so... sorry. Go ahead. Okay, the puzzles are like. I forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it'll come right. back to you. Well, I will. I, I will. I will proceed with mine in the meantime. Then um, I think like the the fact that you run out of yarn is actually like a super brilliant way of directing you, because there's a c- couple times where you're like, oh, I should like clearly, you know, I could, sh- I can just move forward, but they're like, nope, you can't just move forward because. Like, you don't have enough yarn to just move forward. So if you look closely, there's, like, actually a couple handholds. Like, you can go up from here. And I bet there's, like, a closer spool if you go up, and then you can get more yarn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like... So, like, it's a great it's a great way of, like, artificially limiting where you can go, but in a way that feels really natural within and, like, explained within the game, which is great. I kind of wish they did this a bit more, though, and, like, showing how much yarn you had left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time I ran out of yarn, subtle. it was like, oh, I just ran out. Yeah. I it, didn't see I was low on yarn. Yeah. There, like, is a, there is an indicator of, like, you're almost out where there's, like, a couple knots in the yarn. And if you start <laughs> seeing the knots, you're like, oh, shoot, I am almost out of yarn. But and, it's usually, like, not, not soon enough to react <laughs> efficiently to it. Yeah. And, like, your body mass does deplete over time as you you know continue so it's it's it's, it's really subtle and not only is it subtle but it's it's not consistent like some like sometimes you'll get a, a thing of yarn like a new little spool of yarn and it seems like it goes on forever and then sometimes you know you'll you'll get another spool of yarn and it lasts you only through the next puzzle yeah, until you start like running out in, like you're in a boat yeah running to an island <laughs> For some yeah, reason, you have yarn. Okay. You're like, how is this still yarn still going? <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, um, I oh, did. So, uh, oh, what I was about to say. It's about like, the puzzles were. They had. It was pretty. It wasn't hard puzzles. It was. And. Uh, they all, always they allowed for mistakes like, tying up extra bits here. Yeah. And uh, I really like that, because this game isn't really about the puzzles. Yeah, yeah it's... no, it's much more about, like, platforming than it is about... It's like, figure out how to get to the next platforming area is, like, the only puzzle. Yeah, and and it's it's nice because, like, there, there are collectibles. There's five little, like, flower buttons that you can collect in every level. And sometimes getting to those was, like way more of a task than anything you would have to do if you were just ignoring them. Um, Which is nice, like, there are more sort of 
demanding puzzle solving bits, um, but they're optional. And, and I, I would point out that this is exactly what we said when we were talking about Vessel last time, when we were talking about like how you had to collect that like protoplasm, and we're mm -hmm. like, why does this give you upgrades? There's no reason to give you upgrades. It should just give you something aesthetic like hats, and like absolutely <coughs> these do nothing. Collecting yeah. the buttons is like, you want to collect the buttons? So you can. There's five in a level, and they give you like extra little like things show up on the home screen if you yep. collect them. <laughs> That's you it. Get achievement points. Yep. Yeah, I guess you do get achievement points, but who who gives a shit about their achievement points on Origin? Nobody nobody cares about your Origin achievement points. Gosh. Yep. <laughs> okay, so I, I guess did did anybody like I know I know Kylie, you were sort of reticent uh, to install Origin. Did did it like were there any issues? Did anyone have any problems with it, other than uh, it being sort of a hassle? My account uh, got hacked. Oh. What? Really? Yeah. That sucks. Like, Sorry. Like when? Like no, I, I got it back. Like, had it been hacked since the last time you logged into it? Oh, it was like two days ago. Oh, shit. Oh, oh no. Well. Specifically while playing Unravel, you got hacked. Cursed. The game is yep. cursed. Um, I didn't have any issues with it, uh, although it does, like... Um, it did want to like start itself up when the computer starts and it does like it's always like the last oh, yeah. thing to shut down when I'm trying to shut down my computer where it's like no but Origin's not done and I'm like ah oh, come on I haven't I haven't even been playing anything on Origin like shut down <clears throat> yeah that's that's always like the first box I uncheck when I install something if it like wants to log in on on startup I'm like no you get out of here buddy so, yep. so I'm sure I will forget about Origin for another year, uh, until, I don't know, until fate brings me back, I guess. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I'm tempted to, I'm tempted to finish Unravel, because I did not actually finish Unravel. I played, like, a, there's two, so we, we didn't talk about the overworld area at all. So, your yarn creature is, like, um... A, like belongs to like a little old lady who like makes yarn things um, and is seems to be like traveling back through her memories and like helping her like recover her memories it's my the impression I got was that she had like Alzheimer's that's that's something. what I thought as well yeah and so like she's having trouble remembering so you serve as like these touchstones to like keep her memories alive and like help her like regather them mm-hmm uh, but so the overworld is like her house and you go up to these different photographs of like places that she's been and you go into the photographs and then play those as the individual levels uh and there's two rooms in the house there's like the the main like dining room and then there's like a little music room and i completed the main dining room area but i did not complete anything in the music room so i did not actually finish the game yeah i think I mean, we, we, we said this before we started recording, but yeah, the bulk of the levels definitely are in, in the first room, so yeah. so you didn't miss out on yeah, I too much. There's, I got, I think, six of the little, so at the end of each level, there's like a little yarn patch that you get for the front of your like photo album, and I think I got six patches, which ended up being like seven levels, because one of the patches takes two levels to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know how many total patches there are, but... I don't remember off the like top of my head. Maybe. Like 10 or so. 
I think it's like I th- maybe it's eight. I think it's eight as well. That one of them seems is right. Two pieces. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I guess I could like look it up, but. Did you play the toxic waste level? Yeah, that was the, the last There two is a I toxic played. waste level in this game. Yeah, that was weird. That I was, was really scary too. Like so much of this game is like beautiful and outdoorsy and it's like autumn and you're going around like the mushrooms and through the leaves and there's butterflies and it's beautiful and then there's like you are in a toxic waste dump. There is a thunderstorm. You are wet and cold and covered in mud. Everything is terrible. Gosh, um the mosquitoes. Yeah, fuck those mosquitoes. Oh man, that so. You can get rid of them by uh, by by your whip. Yeah. Um. So okay, since we're talking about the um, the toxic dump level and it's raining and thundering and lightninging, the the idle animations or the like, just just any little like non-essential animations in this game are so good. Like. You have you have little Yarny like shivering and like hunched over and looking around like terrified. Um, I think the first the first part where I really noticed it is in the boat section, where, where you like you travel on the boat through you know the water and you you land at the shore, and while you're standing on the boat before you hop off the boat and continue the level, Yarny's just like standing in there. Pumping his fists in the air, like looking really excited and proud of himself. And as long as you stand on the boat, he just keeps doing it. I st- I stood there for like five minutes, just watching him be happy. I was like, I want you to have this, Yardy. You deserve it. <laughs> like, uh... yeah, there's a really amazingly amount of animations that wasn't really necessary, but you yeah. added added so much flavor. Yeah, yeah it's... The, the incidental animations are maybe the best part of this game. <laughs> yeah. In, they're, they're so good, like, in terms of being contextually appropriate to whatever's going on. They're, like, they're well-placed throughout the level where, like, you you get, like, some fun ones at, at different interesting parts as mm-hmm. you're going through, and just, they're, all of them are adorable and show just so much character. Yeah. Like, uh, you get so much of, of an idea of who Yarny is just from these little animations. Like, absolutely, I hope they won awards for that, because that's, that's pretty incredible. For something. I can't I can't find the number of levels, but I'm also not looking that hard. <laughs> I mean, they got pretty good reviews, so that's, that's something. Yeah, it's very endearing. It's a very sweet little game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this is, like, the kind of thing I needed right now as, as I'm <laughs> dealing with like post midterm finals that sort of stuff uh so i haven't uninstalled it yet i still have like i still have little tr- um bits to collect that i might go back and get some of them but yeah i'm tempted to actually like continue through and finish it we'll see if i end up getting too wrapped up with our next game but um that like part of me wants to see like i know there's like a snow level later on um yeah, and that's I, scary. i'm like excited so I, I know there's a snow level because so the thing you're doing um, with helping collect the memories is like each time you finish a level, the little there's a little photo album, and to start with all the photos are like cracked and like watermarked out, and mm-hmm. so you can't really see them. And then every time you finish a level, they become photographs again, and you can see what's going on. And I noticed that a ton of the photographs have like white, like mostly white backgrounds, and I'm like, this is clearly a snow <laughs> Like there's clearly going to be a snow level. Somewhere. Yeah, there's there's a couple of snow levels. There's like there's I think three. And there's two that are 
normal snow levels and then one that's like a terrifying awful blizzard um yeah oh gosh that that level that level was not fun at all um but it's short so and it's it's like the second to last one so um but the speaking of speaking of the picture i had to take so many breaks because i got so emotional because those pictures were it looked exactly like the pictures my parents have of me and my siblings. Okay, so I <laughs> this is really dumb, but I've I have never been to Sweden. This game made me like nostalgic for my childhood that I didn't have in Sweden. <laughs> like I was just I was feeling it so hard like I have to go back, but I've never been. <laughs> so I can I can only imagine like how the feels, how strong the feels were for you, Carl, because I was feeling it pretty hard. And I grew up in Iowa, so. <laughs> I actually wanted to ask you, Carl, since you can presumably read the text that's, like, in the little news clippings and stuff, uh, what was the deal with the toxic waste dump? Because there were, like, some newspaper articles, but they were all in Swedish, so. So I could only see, like, the headlines of it, and I don't remember it. Perfectly, but it was like some kind of mining, mining that made some spill. Okay. I and guess I guess that this was is sort of like, I, could be picked up from context. So what I managed to establish is that this is not a real story. Okay, I was kind of wondering that. I was wondering if it was like loosely based on something that might have actually happened, because it it definitely had that sort of feel to it. Mm -hmm. Of like, hey, this could be based on a true story, but I don't know if it was or not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not. <clears throat> that was dark, though. There's like puddles of like toxic slime, and if you fall into them, you just immediately disintegrate. Or like the big, big machines that you have to sort of navigate your way through. Uh, yeah. This this game had a lot of different settings, and like set like you know, I was expecting you know forests and seasides and some nice little winter scenes. I wasn't expecting, like, giant murder machines or, like, train tracks. Like, yeah. uh, it was, it was, it yeah. was cool. It was, it was, like, nice to be surprised. So the levels that, let's see if we can remember all the levels. The levels that I got to, um, it starts with, like, basically your backyard, which is, like, just nice little, like, autumn sunset sort of thing. Um, then I think is the seaside level, which for me, of the levels I played, was actually the one I had the hard hardest time navigating. Like, maybe it was because I didn't fully know all the, like, puzzles and mechanics yet. But, like, I there was some that I, like, didn't realize. It took me a while to figure out what I was supposed to do next. Um, then there was the Berry Mire, which is the one with the mus mosquitoes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I then think, I think was... the mountain was first. Mountain is fourth, I think. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so I think the mountain was the next one, and that's the one where there's, like, that lemming that chases you around. Yeah. That was so cute. That I felt so bad. Lemming. I felt so bad. <laughs> I felt bad for it, but he also, like, kept showing up. Like, I thought I'd ditched him, and, like, the there he was again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> there was that one. And then there was, uh, the stuff that was, there was, I feel like there was one more before there was then the toxic waste one. There was a on the on the right side. There was like the toxic waste and the and the railroad one. But I think there was one more before that. I think the the railroad one where where it focuses on like I think like your friend who moves away. I think that was a two part level. 
So there's like getting getting up to the train station, and then the second part was like actually like mountain climbing and and dealing with like train tracks and no, stuff. You, definitely... There is there is a chapter called Down in a Hole. Yeah, that's the first one of the two mining levels, I think. Yeah. So I think down in the hole is like you actually descend into the mines, and then how much is enough is you you fi figure out like that like they they made this place like unlivable and toxic, and like that one's like the really really sad and dark one where it's all thunderstorms and things. And that and that that truck jump scare. Oh god, yeah, you cross a road and, like, a truck nearly runs you over. Which is funny, because I was, like, as soon as I started crossing the road, I was expecting it. But I wasn't expecting it to come from the foreground and into the background. I was expecting <laughs> it to come in the other direction, so it still caught me off guard. Ah. They do some really interesting things with foreground and background, actually, in this. Yeah. My favorite being in the beach side, like, the seaside level. The, the waves roll in from the background so you can see them coming and then they like crash against the screen yeah and so like that's when the water level is highest and you can drown if you're not careful so you have to like time it so you avoid the crashing waves and that was a really interesting way of doing that mechanic <clears throat> like just visually so let's see I don't I don't think you would have gotten to this level there's one where you're you're crossing like a field like an open field in, I, I don't know, early winter, late fall, something like that, and there's these crows that keep swooping and trying to, like, get you, so you have to duck into cover while you're crossing this field, and, and the crows do the same thing. They're sort of, like, flocking around in the background, and you can see them sort of dive and come closer to you and then swoop back up. Yeah. And the goddamn cockroaches in that old abandoned office, oh, that creeped me the hell out. The floor is, like, covered in cockroaches. And you can make it safe by, like, shining a light, and then they all scatter. But they scatter to the background, so you still kind of see them, like, hiding under, like, desks and things. And you're like, oh, I know they're still there. This is so gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. But... There's a lot of animals in this game. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that, I loved it. There's, there's just so much going on in, the crab, in the backgrounds. The crabs that try and, like, cut you up with their little pincers. The crabs... And then even even the ones that like aren't interactable at all, like there's in the first level, there's like a hedgehog that just kind of trundles oh, around the backyard. It's so cute! I loved it. I like it. It goes in a loop. So I again, I just sort of stood there and like watched it walk around for a while. Um, and there's there's like I was, afraid it, I was afraid it was gonna try and eat me. It came up and I'm like, oh no, a hedgehog! And I'm like, oh, it's just a little friendly. It's just it's hedgehog. just a friend pal, yeah. Um, and there's, there's like, elk or deer or something in one level that oh, just kind of... Oh, yeah, there's the, the moose comes along. And yeah, like, it's a moose. Basically absorbs all the uh, all the mosquitoes, because they all go to flock around <laughs> the moose instead. That yeah. was great. That moose was a good, good moose. Yeah, and there, there's, I think there's, I think in one of the snowy levels, there's, like, elk, or maybe, maybe it's more moose, but there's, there's some kind of animal like that that just sort of, like, you just see them in the background just kind of hanging out, like, just so much, like... Oh, this game is so pretty, and there's so much going on. Like it, it's so vibrant. It, it, like I feel like I could play the whole game again and still see stuff that I just like didn't notice the first time. Yeah, and and like all sorts of stuff is like uh, pretty and animated that doesn't have to be. Yeah, like there's an area where you're like um, like hookshotting around the trees basically and swinging down to them, and I just sort of like lowered myself as down as far as I could to just see what was down there. 
there was like a beautiful like river with a little waterfall in it at yeah. the bottom that like I would never have seen unless I like went down there or accidentally fell. But but they did that, which is great. Yeah, this, it really like rewards exploration, but it doesn't reward you with anything like you know, ah, upgrades. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> like, oh, cool, I get to see this thing now. Awesome, like that's that's yeah. great. It's like confident enough in its um, sort of in its visuals and in its world design that it understands that seeing more of that is is a reward in mm-hmm. and of itself. Yes, and it's like okay with just letting that be your reward. And I'm, I'm okay with it. High quality. This game is when it comes to the graphics. Yeah. It's, uh, like, I, mm, I, I even bumped it down to medium, because, like, I, uh, it just, it would, like, load up slowly, so I was like, ah, I don't have time for this. And it still looks really good, like, even not on, like, the highest settings. Um, so, yeah. Huge. Got, like, great lighting effects. Yeah. Just some... It's, it's really, small. really, really just a treat to, like, look at. And I, I, I have been considering making my own Yarny because I've got armature wire and I've got <laughs> lots of yarn. Like, I've got all this armature wire from my sculpture class, like, six months ago that I'm probably never going to use again. And I've got lots of wa- wine. Yarn. Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't have any wine. I, maybe I should. I, I don't have any... <laughs> yeah, I don't have any red yarn, but that's okay. I can make a, I can make a nice little blue Yarny. That's fine. Blue Yarny, do that and then tweet the Yarny. You can be the feed- do you have feedback force blue? You had like a dark navy blue. Uh, I don't have a dark navy like blue. Feedback I... force yarny. Uh, I do. I have like a dark turquoise. I think is the closest I can get. But I also I have like a whole bunch of like hot pink and lime green that I was gonna make something with, and I ended up not doing that. So I don't know. Maybe I'll end up with like a lime green yarny. yarny. That's a little. <laughs> oh. Yarny is so cute. Um, (laughs) So the the visuals are super, super polished and, like, feel great. Um, I would say the, the, like, the engine and the physics part of it also, for the most part, really solid. Like, it's it's very much is good enough that it disappears into the background. Where you Mm -hmm. don't really think much about, like, oh, this is a physics thing that sometimes responds and sometimes doesn't do exactly what I expected. And more you end up thinking, like, oh... I'm tied to this thing with yarn. If I had actual yarn, how would I? What would I do to make this thing work? And that's not true, like a hundred percent of the time. But I feel like largely throughout the game, it was true. I did have a sort of a cool moment um, with with the physics um, because you have you have this yarn tail, and it it follows you throughout the whole level, and the yarn is affected by you know its own like gravity and stuff. And I I don't I couldn't reproduce it. It was just sort of a fluke thing, but, like, I I was, like, swinging back towards the yarn that I had left behind, and as I was in the air, I, like, sort of whipped some out, and it made a loop, and the loop traveled, like, like a proper wave along the remaining yarn, and I was Aww. like, that was really cool, and then I, spent, then I spent some time trying to, like, make that happen again, and I couldn't, but Aww. I know it happened. And in the snow levels, also, like, the the snow sticks to Yarny, and it sticks to the yarn uh, as well. Um, so, like, you fall in the snow, and you're just completely covered with snow for a couple minutes until it melts off. Which is, again, a cute little visual touch. I appreciated that a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's kind of like the mosquitoes, which in the mosquito level, like, if you are, uh, like, move, sl you move kind of slowly through the muck, and, like, the, the mosquitoes will gather around you, like, more and more until you can get away from them, but you can also snap your little, like, yarn loop at, like, a little whip to get them, like, yeah. a, like a horse tail to get them to disperse for a little bit. Yeah, I was, I was snapping my yarn constantly in that area. I was like, get away from me! Ah! I couldn't couldn't deal with those mosquitoes. <laughs> also, in a platformer, like it is, and this was true of Braid too. Like Braid has that thing where, like, if you make a mistake and like fall off a cliff, um, you can just rewind. Mm -hmm. uh, and this one, because you have your constant yarn tail, if you fall off a cliff, you can just reclimb your yarn back to where you were. And that is so good. That yeah, is such a good mechanic. That I such a yes, great thing to have in a platformer. I really really appreciated that as well. And I mean, it just. You're not making the jumps because if you don't yeah. make the jumps, you just climb back up and try again. Yeah, and it made me a lot more. That is true. You die awfully lot, a lot in this game. You do. That is also true. Yeah, I... it depends on in some parts more than others, but yeah. And I guess now that I'm thinking about it, there there were some sort of like moments where I did feel sort of fucked over by the physics. Um, not not the yarn issue, but like sometimes there's falling rocks and the rocks, um occasionally will not behave in the way that you're expecting them to. So, like, I had, um, you know, a part where you're supposed to sort of duck under, like, an overhang so that you don't get crushed by these falling rocks, but I still did, even though I was ducking in the right spot, which is, like, a little bit annoying, but yeah. not not common enough to make me, like, get super mad about, the, about it, you know? This is like, okay, well, it reloads you pretty quickly, and, and you can just kind of do it again. And I will say there was one puzzle that, uh, like, I solved just by basically, like, interacting with all the things in the scene that seemed interactable, and then even afterwards I have no idea why it caused the solution to happen. I was, like, supposed to be, like, lifting up a tree branch to be, like, straight up and down, and, like, I just tied yarn to a bunch of things and then pushed a rock, and then somehow that worked when, like, it, it I couldn't tell the difference between tying the yarn and not tying the yarn in terms of like conceptually what was supposed to happen mm. but in one case it worked and in one case it didn't and I'm like well I guess I figured it out but it, it didn't feel satisfying yeah there um I know there was one part where you're supposed to sort of like swing on a thing to make it fall over so you have a path for yourself and I was swinging on it and swinging on it and it just wasn't falling over and this was in the um the second to last like snow level with the blizzard so you know the the way that works is like if uh, if you're not like anchored onto something when the wind comes through then you just get blown away and you die. Um, so I just like got blown away and I died and then it reloaded and I tried it again and it worked. I was like, what is this? Um, but yeah. you know. But yeah, these are pretty few and far between. For the most part, it behaves very well. Yeah. Um, and it feels it it feels like yarn. Like, it, it follows rules that, like, are intuitive and feel natural. Where you're like, oh, of course I don't have enough yarn because I looped it around this other part and I didn't have to do that. And if I just go back and, like, retrace my steps here, I'll unloop it and then it'll be fine. And... Yeah. yeah. You could play this game for two minutes and know how to play it, play it for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would, I would argue, like... One of the weaknesses of the game, and like this isn't even like a huge criticism because I think it wasn't as much the point of the game, um, but 
like they don't because they're just using the same mechanics over and over and like they're not introducing any new ones the puzzles start to get pretty repetitive after a while like there's only like a handful of solutions that exist and so you just keep using those solutions over and over again um which is like it's not bad because they always make fun new interactions happen that you haven't seen before because the visuals are so great mm -hmm. but just in terms of like puzzle design i think it's actually vessel might have been stronger um in some ways but it again it's not it doesn't it's not really that much of a puzzle game it's more about a like movement and platforming yeah. sort of thing so it didn't feel like that it didn't feel bad that it that it was a little repetitive in that yeah i i, I wrote them solid not bad not great yeah better than just okay mm -hmm. yeah. it, you know you pick up the patterns pretty quickly it's like if you see two two interactable bits and they're like roughly parallel to each other it's like oh i gotta make a bridge you know it, and there were times <laughs> when i'm like okay like clearly the game wants me to make a ramp here because there's one tie spot on the ground and one tie spot slightly up uh, like nearby so, and a thing like, I need I to move yeah. yeah I don't see a thing I'm gonna have to push up the ramp but there's got to be one around here because clearly the game wants me to make a ramp <laughs> yeah actually that that was one thing that um that I I ran into a couple of times that everything everything is so detailed it's rendered to just such a high level of polish and completion that sometimes it's like difficult to discern what objects are like interactable that you need um there were a couple of times where it's like, I need a... Yeah, where it's like, I need a thing. Like, here's this block of wood. Do I need this block of wood? Is it just, like, what is this here for? Like, I guess I'll take it along with me and, like, not ended up needing it or, you know, um, being unable to find the one thing that you need because there's, like, I think, I think it was the bottles or the, it was like bottles or cans or something in the uh, toxic waste dump area. And there were a bunch of them in the background and so I thought that the one in the foreground was just, like, static. Um, but it wasn't, and I needed it later. And that, like, <laughs> I was, like, running around for a little while trying to figure out what what to do. But, you know, that's, that's uh, again, that's just, like, a, really a testament to how pretty everything in this game is. It's, like, it... Yeah, it... there were definitely one or two, like, little <clears throat> wheels or, like, round parts in the background sticking out that, like, you could actually jump on or jump over mm -hmm. um, and, like, tie your yarn around that I did not realize were part of the foreground because they looked like they were just background objects. Yeah. Um, it doesn't it doesn't have that, like, telltale um, thing where, you know, in old animations where there's the background and the background oh, yeah. is highly detailed, but then here's this one stick and you could tell, like, oh, someone's gonna interact with that stick. Uh. <clears throat> but no, but it's, I mean, I think it, it needs to be the way it is because, like, that's so much part of the aesthetic. Yeah. Is, like, to make you feel like you're immersed in these, like, crazy detailed visual, you know, natural worlds. Uh, and it succeeds super hard at that, so. Yep. Like I said, I felt nostalgic for Sweden, which I have never been to. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's it fun. did make me think about some things from my childhood that I have not thought about in a long time. <clears throat> yeah. For sure. Like, I, I grew up, like, in a house that was on the edge of the woods, and I spent so much time just, like, wandering around through the woods, and, like, we had, there was, like, a stream back there, and I would go back there in the winter, and, like, my dad would take my sister and I out there, and we would, like, walk along the stream, which was frozen, and just, like, explore the forest, which was, like, yeah, childhood feels. Right on. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's um, the the mushrooms that they use in some of the early forest levels are uh, some of the mushrooms are bolites, which like I used to go mushroom hunting with my mom oh. to find that specific type of mushroom, and I'm like, oh, look at that perfect bolete! Like, <laughs> I can pick that. That looks so yummy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now I just oh, now I just want to like play this game some more. <laughs> This game is like, like a warm and cuddly blanket on on a like winter day, like it, or winter evening, like. It really, it, it really, is. really is. Mm. So good, good job, Coldwood. You did, you did it. <laughs> we we all really like this game. Nope. <clears throat> I I was comparing it a lot mentally to, and although I, I haven't actually played Ori in the Blind Forest, but I've now watched like more than one person play through it. Um. And it, it, to me, it felt like it was trying to do a lot of similar things in terms of, like, making you feel like you're in, like, a really vibrant, um, like, natural world. Um, but I think the, the sort of air of just nostalgia and whimsy that this game has, like, is something that Ori was missing. Because Ori has this sort of tacked-on, like, adventure story that, like, doesn't actually make a lot of sense. Like it, yeah. it, it has it has emotional beats where you would expect there to be emotional beats in a story, but like if you sit and take the story as a whole, you're like, what the hell is going on? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, um, but this one, like, even though it wasn't telling like a single coherent narrative, it still it still felt like the the narrative tone, if you will, or like the narrative aesthetics fit very well into the visual and and play aesthetics. And it all felt very like singularly cohesive. Yeah. Great. Yeah, because I mean, I think, you. Oh, go ahead. I think that might might help that it's like set in a normal environment. Yeah. It's just it's just the forest. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a fancy world with volcanoes and stuff going on. Yeah, although there is a certain like otherworldliness to just being such a small creature. Yeah. in what you would think of as like a familiar space where you're like oh this is not I am not used to being menaced by lemmings like this is not a, <laughs> this is not a perspective I recognize but it's it's interesting yeah or menaced by crow like that's a lie I've been menaced by birds before um, <laughs> birds are pretty menacing crows birds especially. yeah I mosquitoes yeah mm. yeah I'm glad I, we don't really have to deal with mosquitoes here which is good Although I did, I did earlier, no, it was like last week, I had a bug bite, like on the, the fleshy part of like my thumb on the palm of my hand, on my dominant hand, and that was hell. I don't know how I got that. I was pretty upset about it. But that's not related to anything. Um, just, uh, just mosquitoes. Um, so, so let's talk about, um, since we're sort of roughly on the idea of like the narrative and the tone. Um, let's talk about like what we think the story is because other than like it seemed to be um, a woman like who maybe had Alzheimer's and was like trying to recover her memories um, not much else is clear she's maybe a lesbian I don't know if that the, the train one was supposed to be just a friend going off or if they were supposed to be a couple I think they were supposed to be a couple because they had the they did the little padlock thing which is like a romantic couple thing mm-hmm um, which is uh, for for those who maybe are not familiar with that tradition, which is like 
uh, on some near some rivers where there's like chain link fences. What you do is you like you put a little padlock. You like put a heart and like engrave your names or initials or whatever, and you padlock it to the fence, and then you throw the key in the river. And so then, like the lock is stuck there forever, and you know it symbolizes your your relationship. Or whatever. The, the lock is stuck there forever until, like that one bridge in France, um, they have to send in a crew to cut all the locks off because they're a public nuisance and threatening the structural integrity of the bridge. <laughs> so maybe don't do that um, at, at like a really popular locking place because you know the the, the government is just going to render your love uh, uh, ineffectual. Anyway, <laughs> um, wire cutters. Yeah. Um, but the the point is that that made an appearance, so that made me think that the intent was that it was supposed to be a romantic relationship. Yeah. Um, I don't think it really matters. Though. Yeah, I don't know if it does, but they, it was they had a she had a relation get... with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that person like left um, when they were. I, I guess they were pretty young. It seemed like when that happened. Um, but it was kind of interesting to glimpse like little stories of who she was and like her background through these like these memories Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't finish the game you guys said that there's something of an ambiguous ending to it so how does that work exactly Uh, well so there's I feel like in the earliest levels like it's implied that like there's a husband and she has kids or something and then for a while the husband just goes away um, and then, like, you have the, the level with, like, the, the other woman who maybe maybe is a friend and maybe is a romantic partner. We're not sure. I'm not sure. Um, <clears throat> and then later it seems like the, the husband, like, comes back. Like, they were sort of estranged for some reason, and then they got back in contact. Um, and... I assumed that in the first couple ones, like, she was one of the kids. Oh, uh, mm. and that it was her it was her, like her dad or whoever or her parents who were uh, really so too. that's okay that's that's true that actually makes more sense but there there is in in like the in the photo album there's like one passage where it's like it, like we we hadn't talked for so long and it's silly like it was just all i had to do was write a letter and everything like you know so maybe not a husband i don't know but some some like male figure um like, Maybe she came out to her dad and like he he. And her dad was not cool with it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And then and then the so like that's sort of the the winter levels. I think is semi like w- one of them at least is based on that. And I think the I think the the level is just called the letter. Um, and then there's more like it just seems like more family stuff like the the winter levels sort of reference like kids playing in the snow which maybe at that point are like grandkids or something because there there are kids that come that show up like later like at the very end that are like far too young to be her children or she's far too old to be their mother um and then the last level is like the the blizzardy well it's two parts the first part is the blizzardy like scary bit um that takes place at a graveyard um, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so someone has died, and then at the end of that level, it's it's super emotional. Like Yarny like sees the last little bit of the thing, and like it blows away in the wind, and he jumps to grab it. And as he's jumping to grab it, he unravels completely, and just like the yarn and the little thing like fall to the ground, and someone like reaches down and picks it up and sees that there's a piece of yarn attached to it. 
and like starts pulling in the yarn. And then you wake up again and you're yarny and you're in a backpack and you unzip the backpack and it's just like this beautiful forest again. And you sort of come full circle and end up in the backyard again. Um, and like so pop, pop your way. The is maybe the old woman died and you changed owners or something? Is that what I'm getting? Maybe. There is a picture of someone in the hospital. Yeah, but but yeah, so you you sort of like climb through because you start out in sort of like this kitchenette area and there's a window off to the left and at the at the very end you climb through that window that was like inaccessible to you and you put the last little bit on the thing and someone comes in the house so you're like, oh no, do the Toy Story thing and freeze and it's a little girl and she comes and she like grabs a cookie off the table and she like looks at Yarny and like smiles at Yarny and then goes back outside and that's the end of the game. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. Interesting. A lot of... I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Some, so, somebody so... died and... So the secondhand <clears throat> account of that sounds to me like the old lady died um, and like that used to own Yarny and then like maybe her grandkid or someone like inherited Yarny. Yeah, but, but it, it all like, takes place I, in the I same house. This, so. so I don't, yeah. It, I mean, it all takes place in the same house. So, like, I don't know. It should, it should be worth noting also that, like, as you complete the levels, like, the time changes mm -hmm. in, the, in the house. So, like, it gets, like, more and more nighttime and darker. So there's also this theme of, like, you know, you move from, like, autumn to winter in the levels, or, like, summer, really, to winter. Um, and then you move from, uh, like, from basically like late afternoon to night um, in the main area and so there is this kind of like end of you know end end of life sort of symbolism going on of like living living a long and full life but then like it comes to an end sort of also mm -hmm. something like your backyard to the graveyard yeah yeah it's darker and darker for every step mm-hmm and then and then when you come back around back into the house it's like you know morning mid-morning late morning again so yeah so there's this sort of cycle of of life and time of life metaphor playing out mm -hmm. over the course of the game and like maybe which is... alzheimer's which i also was the first thing i thought of as well so yeah i i like that they do all their storytelling is like subtle background stuff like mm -hmm. they don't they don't bash you over the head with anything. You get a couple sentences for each level you finish in the little photo album and the few photos. But for the most part, most of the storytelling is ambient in like the way the house is set up and you know what happens in the levels. And it's, it's really well done. It's it's very strong. Yeah. Would I would, would like play it again. To be a bit more clear. Yeah. Because I think you could do like. Five to ten different scenarios that would fit. Yeah, <laughs> I think probably. Usually, that, that's probably intended. I would imagine that kind of ambiguity is probably like what they uh, what they were going for. I I feel like I did. I read somewhere that this was like. Oh, it's no, it's right when you start up the game for the first time. There's like a screen, there's like a paragraph that appears that says like, "Hey, we worked really hard on this game, and it's like really personal for us." and you know, we hope we really hope you like it. And it's like a sweet little message. Yeah, that was I forgot about that, but that was yeah. And yeah, so that makes me think like this is probably based on something like 
very very heartfelt and personal for the creators mm-hmm. and that that also reminds me of um uh the way the the credits work <clears throat> is that the credits all appear in this little album that you've been collecting pieces for and do you like flip through the pages and you can just sort of like flip through them at whatever speed you want and i think this is the first time that i like actually read all of the credits for anything because you know they're either like scrolling too fast or there's just like too much information at at one point that's like i don't care about this but it's like here's you know five or six names on a page and all of their titles and i'm just like i'm just gonna read through all of these like it's fine and i mean i read through i read through like all of the the developer uh, credits and then once it got to like the ea like you know publishing qa port team i was like i don't care about this anymore but you know at least for the developers i read through all of it it would be worth it to find the name of the like people who worked on the incidental animations and just like stare at their names for a second and go like good job you guys yeah also the credits felt personal yeah they're like yeah we really like making this game and here's the people that did it Mm mm-hmm and they, they had, like, there were, like, some cute little, like, titles. Like, you know, it wasn't just, like, technical lead, like, art director. It was, like, Maya Guru and, like, stuff. Like, just, like, sort of cute little, like, really personal titles. And then, and then yeah, once you get into the EA stuff, it's, like, QA for this office. And then just oh, a list of names. Way, giant company that <laughs> yeah. Gave us money so we could do the thing we wanted to do. <laughs> so here they are. Yeah. You can't. None of this stuff gets made without the money without, to make it. Without you know? big publisher money, it's true. What are you you know, like do? The, I'm sure people. I'm sure the people at who did Vessel worked very hard on it, but like some stuff, you just need to pay somebody to spend hours and <laughs> hours working on adorable incidental animations for Yarny. Like, you know, that, that, there's no way around it. That money doesn't come out of thin air, guys. <laughs> Get to it. <laughs> Go sell your I, you souls. Know, I would actually, I would actually encourage people to go out and buy this game, just because, like, it seems like a thing that we should support. Like, <clears throat> big developers taking on smaller indie projects and giving them money to do something they clearly care about. Like, that's way more valuable than like the next FIFA or whatever. You know? And yeah. EA and especially like Dice in Sweden has been doing this recently, which is really cool. I, I'm not. That's not a reputation I'm familiar with um, for EA. But if that's what they've started doing, like I'm, I'm all for that. Um, I know that's basically what Sony did with um, that game company. Mm-hmm. Is that like they basically said like, hey, we're gonna let you like work in our offices and we're gonna give you some money and you guys just make three games for us, like make games that you want to make because we trust you. And it's for a for a studio as big as something like EA or Sony the budgets that they give those games are relatively small because they're used to working with these crazy enormous budgets yeah um so it seems like that's a great risk distribution thing where you're like instead of just making you know our two giant projects let's incubate like 14 indies and maybe some of them will end up with something really good yeah and i mean i feel like sony in particular has been doing that a lot lately like you know they they published like you know, Octodad to like the the Octodad <laughs> yeah. sequel and like uh, No Man's Sky, even though that that maybe didn't turn out uh, 
as well as a lot of people had liked. But uh, yeah, Sony I think has been uh, some helping helping out, not helping out, but you know, like putting putting their bets on a lot of indies, and I, you know that's that's cool. I'm okay with that. Yeah, put on them. Make more games like Unravel because Unravel <laughs> is just the sweetest, adorable thing. Yeah, it was. Yes, I I approve of this game. Please make more. By the way, yes. What did you think about the music? I liked it. It it felt really appropriate. It was like I didn't think about it too much. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like it totally blended into the background for me. Like, which is probably a good thing. Like it seemed it was appropriate for the ambient. Um, but like it didn't. I didn't stick out to me. It's quite interesting because it's sort of a, like a local to the area where the developers are. That's like local folk music sound. Yeah, that's sort of what I was assuming. I was actually going to ask you about that. Like, is is that just like Swedish folk music in general? Because it has that okay. sound, well, but I don't want to be like, oh, all well, of Sweden. <laughs> totally in general, but for that area at least. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And that's yeah, and that's sort of like would have been my guess. But yeah, it 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 worked. Yeah. All right. Anybody have any any other stuff on on yarn and yarny? Uh, mm, I don't. I, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot else to say. It was good. Buy this game. Play this game. Give them your money. <laughs> yeah, good. it's not that expensive, and it's worth it's worth your time and uh, an investment. Yeah, I think that toxic waste is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's important. Uh... <laughs> I just like, I I'm not really the sort of person who would like probably make a yarny, but I really want to like go out and make a yarny and like pose him in some places and take pictures. And yeah, things. it would be cute. Yarny party. <laughs> Yarn party. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So I guess that that's unravel. Go go check out Unravel, uh, and then meantime, uh, we got a new game for the next two weeks. Uh, we are going to be playing Banished. Oh boy. Yep. Uh, which is actually Kelso's Kelso's game, but I'm gonna intro it as the person among us who has played the most of it. Yeah, I I just I just picked this game because it's been sitting in my Steam library, and I'm like, I sh- this this would be a good game for the podcast, I think. And then Kyla, turns out, has, like, 110 hours in it, <laughs> so... 108 hours. Okay, okay. Um, 108. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Don't exaggerate. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so... I, I got this, I think, shortly after um, Sean played it for, like, his day off stream, which think, was, like, a while back. Yeah, I think... I don't think I bought it maybe immediately, but I think I... I it was on my radar then, and I got it when it was on sale, you know? Yeah. So it's uh so Banished is a simulation game. It's one of those, you know, SimCity style like you start with a couple people and you build up you're trying to build up a village. Um but it's like a it's like a feudal peasant village. Uh I guess the implication is that they are like I don't know refugees from some kingdom that have been banished from perhaps, their homeland. Yes, perhaps they have been banished. Hmm? Yeah. Um and it's it's just a sim style thing. You have a you can plant crops and you can hunt wild game, um, and you can 
mine coal and stone uh, <clears throat> and you know you have to make clothing and tools and it's got a, a big part of the resource is the the people that you have living there so like your villagers are also a resource because you have to you have to have workers so there are trade-offs like do you send your your kids to work immediately when they turn like 12 or whatever or do you like invest in their education in which point you have fewer workers in the immediate term but they'll be you'll have more efficient workers later um, and it's I don't know it's kind of an interesting game um, if you like simulation games it's got a lot of the it's got a lot of the 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 pros and the, the, the hooks of the simulation genre um, but in a with a just kind of different uh, setting maybe setting I guess yeah, yeah I was gonna say palette swap which is probably not not quite what I mean <laughs> but yeah it's like a it's a different setting and different like level of technology than your standard like sim city or modern other modern city building games so it's it's fun. I uh, clearly enjoy it, given how much I've, uh, <laughs> I've played of it. Uh, and I have a, I have a lot to say about it, but I'll I'll save it for the actual podcast, which is going to be in uh, a couple weeks. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully I have as much time to play it as I would like because uh, next two weeks are going to be rough. I have four achievements left, but I don't know if I'm going to try for those four achievements because they're like. At least three of them are just utterly insane. Yeah, you were telling so. me about those achievements, and they uh, they, they sound pretty pretty bonkers. Like, what was it? Like three hundred people in your village, but no schools. Yeah, like three hundred citizens, citizens without building schools. That sounds like a nightmare. Like, uh, that seems like that's gonna be rough. That seems like you're just gonna be putting your children in the mines as soon as as soon as they get popped out. Like. Yep. All right, here's your here's your pickaxe pickaxe in your tiny helmet. Don't get the black lung. We can't we can't afford to give you good good tools and equipment because we don't have any educated workers to make better tools. So have have fun with your shitty pickaxe. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, banished. It's uh banished. banished. That's what we're playing. Is, uh, you don't have to worry about time limit on this one because it's an arbitrarily timed uh, timed game. So oh, you can just play true. one of the rounds, or you can play like thirty hours, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. Cool. That sounds like it. That sounds good. I don't know. I I'm sure that this is just going to be a game that I'm terrible at. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's going to be like Rus or. I mean, it's probably going to be like Rus where I'm just like, oh well, a thing is happening. I better react. With like no no thought or planning ahead, I don't think I'm. Uh, hmm? City skylines. I have it, and I like I keep thinking I want to pick it up, but I just never, I never have. Um, I haven't like, I don't know. I haven't played a lot of like city builder games, even though there are t- tons of them. So, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like this will be fun, but I'm gonna be bad at it. Like that's how I felt about Rust. Like I like it, but I know I'm garbage. That's fine. <laughs> As long as as long as you enjoy yourself, that's what matters. Yep, I I love a good simulation game. Like I, there's something really, uh, really pleasant to me about like setting up a complex system to be like to have like growth and be self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's that's there's a there's a strong pleasure in that for me. So yeah, but anyway, yeah. So that's what we're doing for the next couple of weeks. Do that. Yes, banished. 
to play in the game. Uh, how this is gonna end up being a slightly shorter one. That's fine. I kind of thought it might be. I, I felt like, I, like, I don't have much to say other about Unraveled other than it's adorable and gorgeous. It's really great. Go play it. Yeah. 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 That's fine. Sometimes, sometimes that happens. I mean, I have homework to do, so, <laughs> you know, it all works out. Uh, um, alright, I guess, I guess we can plug things. Uh, Fridays, Friday, Friday evenings, 6pm Pacific, I, I host one of us, the, uh, weekly community stream for End Defenders, Day Nights, what have yous. Um, sign up for a spot. Yeah, you played Rust last week. It did pretty okay. I didn't get the achievement I wanted, but like I broke three thousand, which I hadn't done in a while. Nice. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like in order to get those achievements, you have to be like super in practice. Yeah. Like. Yeah. In addition to having a set strategy and being lucky, you also have to be like way down pat of like, what are my hotkeys? Where am I maneuvering to? What am I? What am I doing in what order? And... Yeah, I wouldn't, I would never, I could never, <laughs> like, I think I was lucky if I, like, got close to a thousand, like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> um, um, and I think, I think, I think you playing Rose actually is what made me think, like, oh, we should play Banished, like, at least a little bit, because we haven't, we haven't done a game like that in a, in a while, and they're, they're similar-ish, so. Yeah, I would say they're in adjacent genres. Yeah. I would say Rus is a little bit more of like an RTS, mm -hmm. um, but it sort of straddles the line between simulation and RTS, which I think are adjacent genres anyway. Yeah, it um, seems that way. So, yeah, it's sort of a it's sort of a hybrid child of the two genres. But this is this is pretty the vanished is pretty firmly in the um, in the simulation mm -hmm. camp. So you just have all of the same resources basically, just yeah. use them in a different way. Um, yeah, one of us, find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb, and, uh, the, I have the calendar pinned. Look at the calendar, and you can, uh, pick a spot and sign up for it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. It's fun watching people play, play games that they like, or that they're interested in trying. Yeah. And we all, like, get to hang out together on a Friday night, so what's not great about that? Yeah, basically. No, um, no drawbacks. <laughs> or Saturday so, morning. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. If you're in yeah certain parts of the world, um, so I when I am not uh, walking corgi puppies, uh, I stream on Sunday mornings um, at 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, Twitch.tv/cagetiger spelled with a K. Um, currently, I am in the middle of streaming Earthbound, uh, which has been interesting. Um, I. I, I'm enjoying it, but it's a weird little game, um, <laughs> and I will I will be continuing that uh, next week. So uh, check me out there. Check me out at Kyla underscore Go on Twitter to find out like about schedule changes or cancellations if I need to do things like walk corgi puppies. <laughs> so so that is me. Excellent. And I'm at Skugbury on Twitter. Follow me. Do it. Do it. Do it. For, for more for more witticisms, follow Skug on Twitter. It's true. Oh, and that's the cat. The cat says goodbye. Oh man, my grandma is calling me on Skype. Oh, okay. Well, that that should be uh 
Go talk oh, to your. Cute, cute to go. Yeah, go, we'll we'll see you next time. Play play some uh, play some banished. It'll be great. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. Bye. Later. Bye.